I'm a talkative person because I'm an SE dom. It's like my only world is the physical. My words are the only means of me getting out my meaning and intention. We'll see if I eat those words. She'll be entertaining others all the time. This is exactly where I wanted to go with it. <laughs> Do I not dare to this bump on a podcast with people can hear me. You guys ready to go? Yeah, keep Hello everyone and welcome to a new episode of the Literally No Subtext podcast with Kristen. I am she and I'm here with a very special guest. She is someone who is very close to my heart. She is a esteemed INFJ friend. I've got only a few of those and someone that I've known (laughs) for 18 years. This is my dear friend, Rebecca. Rebecca, hello. Hello. How are you today? I'm pretty good. I'm like, well, I am nervous oh. because I don't know what's coming up, but yeah. it's fine. I asked Rebecca at the beginning, I was like, how nervous do you feel about the fact that you have no control Terrified. over what's Absolutely terrifying. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I feel, I feel like INFJs need to have things pre-prepared, whereas, you know, yeah. being an SC dom, I absolutely don't. Yeah, I don't, I don't agree with that, but yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Can't relate. <laughs> so today we're going to be diving into... Being an INFJ, what that looks like. Rebecca is the first INFJ that I have on the podcast, so I'm excited. It's because we're the rarest type. Oh my goodness. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I'm excited because I have Hmm. things that I don't understand about INFJs that I'd like to, I guess, hash out a little bit with you. Because I have a a series on my channel called 16 Personalities Through the Eyes of whichever type. Hmm. And I haven't released a 16 Personalities Through the Eyes of the INFJ. And a lot of my INFJ followers have pointed that out to me. And of course they have. <laughs> yes, yes. But the reason why I'm not doing mm. it is because I'm terrified. And I feel like I there are so many things I don't understand about INFJs. Mm. There's so much going on underneath the surface that I'm just terrified of like getting it wrong, I guess. But I feel like for, for INFJs, there's like, and this is, I'm going to throw this over to you in a second. Mm. There's like perpetually something deeper going on there's Mm. perpetually some deeper why happening there's perpetually a thousand different other perspectives or other this tapestry of interwoven ideas that's existing in the abstract Mm -hmm. over the tiniest bit of sense data (laughs) and i just don't understand it i think even we don't understand it is the problem (laughs) I'm like, I'm talking like we collective, like I'm the <laughs> spokesperson for an INFJ. I think even I sometimes, yeah, will get very deep about something in my own head and they go, why am I like this? You know, why do I fixate on stuff like that? So When you say fixate on stuff, mm. what does that look like? Like, does any kind of example come to mind? Um, if. If, if, if I had a thought that someone thought about me in a certain way, I would fixate on that quite excessively. And then any kind of facial expression or gesture, I'd be like, does that mean because they think X, Y, Z about me? Mm. When it probably doesn't. Mm. And I've just, you know, use those patterns and mm. sense data <laughs> to... <laughs> To make myself think that. Yeah. So what if that person, what if you were like, oh, this person perceives me this way. Yeah. Well, this person thinks this about me. And then what if that person then came out and said, oh, I really love you. You're fantastic. 
like, and so you have that piece of sense data mm. of them telling you that they love you. Yeah. Would you still then maybe doubt it or not believe it? Because I think it would depend on the per. It would depend on how genuine the person was. Yeah, and your context. And, and then also what kind of judgments I had made on them. Mm. So if I had, you know, put together, okay, they're genuine, then I would believe that. It would depend on the person, mm. I really think. Yeah, yeah, totally. I mean, I also think that I'm often not wrong. So <laughs> shocking yeah. for an NI dom. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I often, you know, trust my judgment. So I don't, yeah, it would depend. Yeah. yeah. What is it that makes you reach a certain judgment? If you were to quantify that on a person? Yeah. Like what, what helps you reach your judgments? Is it just a, cause mm. I guess in the MBTI community, NI is kind of described as just this intuition, this feeling mm. of knowing like this vision that's just been dropped on you from the heavens and you just believe it so Truly, and maybe you don't have any data points for it, but it's there. Before you said that, I was like, it's just a feeling. Yeah. <laughs> it's just a feeling. <laughs> yeah. And and yet you're like, but I'm right. Yeah, I I don't I'm not often wrong, I think, when I <laughs> sounds bad. I feel like that when I meet someone, I have a really quick I think that I can quickly see through who they are. And I don't know, there's probably no data to it. It's simply because I've picked up on a vibe, mm. I think. Um, and I'm not going to say I'm always right, mm. but most of the time I am. So if I think someone is lying, typically they are have been lying. Wow. Yeah. Sorry, that was my phone. <laughs> also, I should flag that we are currently in a toy room. And as we, <laughs> as we were preparing for the podcast, one yeah. of the toys went off. So if you hear a creepy clown start to yeah. sing, it's usually like a puzzle piece. Um, up there that makes noises so if you hear a helicopter it's not because there's a helicopter it's like it's a toy yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. Rebecca has a gorgeous little daughter and we yes. are in her playroom who are eager to type yeah <laughs> Rebecca's like come over and type her for me I'm like, I need she's one I need to know actually on that my psychologist I saw her yesterday and um I was talking about like because she just started daycare and I was like Oh my gosh, she's been crying when I drop her off. Like, I don't know what kind of attachment that is. Does that mean that she's insecure? And she's like, Rebecca, you don't have to to stop trying to go so deep into what is happening. She's like, she's probably just crying because you've left her. Yeah. And I was like, but what about? She's like, no. Yeah. It's, it's just that. And you're like, but that could lead to this attachment in the future. Yeah. It's, it's terrible. So that is probably Mm. another great aspect of INFJ. So on that. I can't even fathom if that's how you feel about like just even one little piece of sense data, which is not little. There's obviously strings attached to it. Like there's a lot yeah. going on there, but like even sense data, like when you meet someone at a party and you have this idea of like who they are mm. or some intuition. And that's, I'm, I imagine that must be happening for you like all the time in your life, like every Constantly. day with yeah. lots of different things. Yeah. How do you then um, rein that in? Or I'm not saying you should rein it in, in the sense that like, it's you, it's beautiful. Like it's a gift that you have that intuition. That's fantastic. But how do you make sure that you're approaching that in like a healthy way and not letting that world of ideals replace what's happening in front of you? Yeah. Um, I think I'm better at it now than I used to be. I think it is. Yeah. Like you said, it is intuition and the feeling, but I also was just thinking that it is also little bits of 
Sans data. We can, I'm going to continue using that word. <laughs> Rebecca keeps doing the quotation marks, but sense she says sense data. data. Like, yeah, okay, this thing exists. If you say sense it exists. Sense data. Um, weirdly picking up on small things, even if like someone, like the tiniest of facial expressions. I know that sounds weird, but. Like, yeah, micro expressions. Yeah. So mm. I had a friend once, not a friend. He was a boxing trainer that I no longer to speak to. Anyway, he was a bit, he had his own issues. Anyway. Mm. I, like one time he was like sitting there and no one else picked up that he was upset. But it, to me, it was really obvious and I mm. can't express why I knew that. Mm. But I was just like, oh, he's upset. He's like, how do you always know when something's wrong with me? And I'm like, I don't know. I actually don't know what it is. I don't know if it's picking up on like, like the micro, like micro facial expressions that like, yeah, it's weird. So you wouldn't be able to tell me any of the sense data points that were telling you that? Um... I mean, the first one is obviously he was sitting on the floor with his like knees up and like, but that probably to anyone would have been probably normal. Yeah. Yeah. Like I don't boxing know. trainer, like yeah. stretching or something. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Just, uh, what else? You just felt it. I just felt it mm. know, deep in my loins. Mm. No, I don't. I, yeah. I can't even express what it is. It also, it's probably your FE playing in there as well. The fact that you're using, I guess, emotional cues of people around you, like you're switched on to those all the time, probably. Yeah, it's exhausting. (laughs) Gosh, I can't even imagine. I was thinking about this. So I'm obviously married to an ISTP. Oh, yes, that's Um, an interesting piece of information. An interesting time. Um, (laughs) We'll get to that later. (laughs) Yeah, so uh, when he's upset, I obviously feel upset. But I realize that when it's the other way around, it's just not, it just doesn't <laughs> Like he, he, Shocking. He feel like, um, yeah, not the same. Not the same at all. No. Maybe feel like a little bit upset, but I probably, my mood is totally affected if he's upset. Mm, yeah. Interesting. So today, basically, I mean, I, I was trying to get into what we were going to do with the podcast. And then classically, I launched into like the first few questions. Um, today in the podcast, we're basically looking at the INFJ personality type. I, as an ESFP, am going to ask Rebecca questions about her life and how her cognitive functions affect life and our, I guess, relationship and like what we do and don't understand about each other. Relationship? I know. That's a no. Yeah. Like our friendship and maybe your relationship with your husband. Mm -hmm. We're going to go into self-development and growth a little bit. And we're going to touch a little bit on trauma, (laughs) trauma, trauma. And then I'm going to get to some of the questions that you guys asked in the comment section of my podcast, YouTube channel, literally no subtext with dear Kristen, give it a subscribe if you haven't already. Okay. So I guess we should start with, and we, we didn't talk about this beforehand, but I think it would be an interesting, thing to start I with. Love, I love not knowing things. Yep. Yeah. That's your favorite thing. Um, I'm just improvising here. I'm comfortable doing it. I guess our, our friendship. Yeah. So ESFP INFJ combination is one that I think it's not typically a combination that people would think is a, is a, um, naturally compatible one though. Myers-Briggs and compatibility is, uh, is a whole other topic, which I have talked into extensively i basically believe that no particular two types are important you know this but yeah. um that that are no particular two types are more compatible than others it's about how much work you put into the relationship at the end of the day because you're always going to have issues etc but yeah obviously i use se as my first function you use se as your bottom function but we've always had like a really good friendship i yeah. would say yeah i would agree i've always yeah. felt really understood by you 
And I don't even think it was so strange because I remember when we got into our twenties, cause we've been, we knew each other since um, we were in year seven, which is about yeah. year 12, yeah. we're 12 years old. Yeah. And when we got into our twenties, I don't even feel like I shared my heart with you or like shared my story or whatever, but you just had empathy and like seemed to understand me. Mm. And anytime I t- actually did have the courage to actually share with you what I was going through, you never seemed surprised. <laughs> you were just Didn't like, I? no, you were just like, hmm, yeah, tell me more. And I'm like, wow, like none of this is shocking her. And I just kind of wondered, mm. is it is it because INFJ, like as an INFJ, you live in a reality where all things are possible, like for all people. I don't know, like, or did you have an intuition about it? She, her eyes but are I'm growing big. She's like, I have no idea. <laughs> um, When you shared stuff like about your past. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or like issues mm. I'd gone with, gone through, like the trauma, just felt. Understood I, by yeah, you. I don't. I'm. I'm wondering if it's less of an INFJ thing and more to do with it being a teacher. And oh. I guess that listening, it could be maybe a bit from column A, a bit from column B, but just not. I guess when someone's divulging something that's quite sensitive, you. I mean, I don't do this because I. Maybe I know, but yeah, you're not gonna be like, oh my god, that is that's so shocking because mm. that doesn't make them feel validated. Mm. It just means that this i guess you're just heightening what has happened into them mm. rather than listening properly Although, yeah, yeah, yeah i'm not sure if that is an iron mm. it could be it could be a bit both i mean i think for me when i'm on the receiving end of a story that's something that i have not had experience with so- someone sharing something that i've never had an experience with i would i might be shocked mm. like sometimes in fact often even though i think i'm wise enough to the state of the world I will hear a story or something that just reawakens me to how dark the world can be. Mm. And it shocks me every time. Like in sometimes I'll hear a sad story and I'm like, I can't believe that the world is actually like this. But I feel like with you, there's been this, and it's one of my favorite things about you. You are like one of the most resilient people that I know. Mm. And you've been through so much and you're just Mm. so resilient and you just have so much hope. And I've just wondered like, is it because You've always existed, you've, you've just existed in a state of intuitively knowing that people can be dark and evil and like it doesn't ever surprise you how bad the world yeah. can get. Maybe. I actually haven't even thought about this properly. Now that you, like, now that you're saying it, I'm like, why don't I react? <laughs> as, as I'm talking, I'm just realising in your face that you've never thought about this. <laughs> no, really, I had a Jane, I haven't thought about this stuff. <laughs> I don't. Well, maybe because it's have? just like an intrinsic. Yeah, that's, that's what I mean. It's such an intrinsic part. To it's just your mode of being that you. Yeah. But it's something that I notice as an ESFP who's like the opposite. Yeah. I rarely think about the state of the world. I don't have a good intuition about people or things. So when I hear things, I'm like, "Whoa! Like I had no idea that that person was capable of this, or I had no idea that this person was going through this. Yeah. Or I had no idea, you know." But INFJs, not just you, they just never seem to be surprised. It's like, yeah. Yeah, maybe you are onto something. I think I'm. this took me back to a memory that is so weird. And I will explain to you why this is probably why I don't seem shocked by things. I think even when I was younger, I had always a really particular sense of all the terrible things that, that does like they do happen in the world. So when I was younger, super weird. I think I was like eight. And for some reason, I thought I could start like a charity when I was eight years old. That would help like Aww. that would help like starving kids and like 
third world countries mm. or developing countries, whichever the terminology it is. Mm. Yeah, I was like, I can start a, I can start a charity. And like, sorry, I started to make like a presentation oh, of all these like crying kids. Oh. But you, that was when I was eight years old. Like, wow. who, what kind of eight year old does that? Yeah, you're like, this is my PowerPoint presentation that I'm going to Yeah, use I'm going to start, I'm going to change the world. Oh, I love um, that. So maybe it is that. Maybe I've always just had a sense that I was even thinking just then with a group chat with two of our other friends that when they send stuff like oh the world is so messed up I'm like yeah it is but also I don't know like I think I'm maybe I'm just more aware that things bad things do happen I'm I don't know god that's actually a really hard one yeah yeah it'd be yeah I'd be interested if you I mean I know you and you're gonna ponder this more later I am totally I'm already (laughs) pondering it now as we speak yeah you're gonna ponder it a lot but it's definitely something I've noticed with um and I like just any NTJ or NFJ, they're rarely surprised in some regard, especially the, especially the, um, NI doms. It's like, they've got this understanding of how things actually are and that things are never as they seem on the mm. surface. Yes. And as an SE dom, I'm like, things are as they seem on the surface. Yeah. It's why this podcast is called literally no subtext. Like yeah. things are as they seem on the surface. And I buy that. And, and that's how I look at the world, which is great. It has its virtues in a lot I of ways. I love this for you. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I can't relate. And I wish I could not think deeply about things sometimes. Oh. It's exhausting. Well, each of these, um, qual- these qualities each have their gifts. Like it, I'm able to, you know, just like entertain people, bring people out into the present moment Mm. and have fun. But when it comes to introspection, it took me years to actually get to a place where I actually started to do it. But you've always been aware of who you are, I think. Would you say that's true? I would say that's true. I mean, yeah, I think I do. Like you said, being able to dig under the surface of what is actually happening. Mm -hmm. I think it's just like a go-to function, which obviously it is because it's my top Mm -hmm. function, right? Mm -hmm. And I think... In a way, even though, no shade, in your video about um, the 16 personalities as teachers and you said INFJ would just give up, even <laughs> though <laughs> you people don't forget, people don't forget, um, even though as a teacher that was like the perception of what an INFJ would be like, um, I would say that it makes it makes it teaching really easy with like young kids because on the surface, you can see like one particular student I had on the surface, he was like crazy, like out of his seat, wild. And, you know, me, I was like, why are you like this? Yeah. Yeah. I wasn't just like, oh, what a crazy kid this. Obviously, he's just so mm. um, undisciplined. I was kind of like, why is he like this? And I kept pondering and then I kept digging around. Mm. And then it turns out that his um, mum had been really unwell and then his grandma had to come and stay and so like the just like the home life Mm. was so chaotic and he just wasn't getting attention at home so therefore he's gonna get attention at school Mm. i think it's stuff like that not like not taking things for face value and digging Mm. deeper yeah yeah i call ni the why function because there's always a why there needs to be a why there's literally always a why if there's not a why then you are bye bye yeah yeah (laughs) there's not a why (laughs) Bye bye. I love that. That's gonna be a new slogan that I coin. But there is always a why, and you will find it. That's what I've learned. Yeah, I think it, I would. I will die on the hill before I 
Like, I'll die on that hill. What's that? Is that the expression? Yeah, like, it is. Yeah. It is. You will yeah. die on the hill of yeah. the why. Okay. So, just to flag something that I guess I have struggled to understand about INFJs in my interactions with them is that I see that they have made some kind of judgment. Don't know where it's come from mm-hmm. sometimes. And they get attached to that and it's very hard to get them to change mm-hmm. their mind. Yes. Um, I, I can think of one person who... Actually, there's a few people who come to my mind in terms of INFJs in my life. And I I love all my INFJ friends, necessary Mm -hmm. disclaimer. But a few of them, I guess, when they first met me, had this idea of who I was. And I was desperately trying to show them who I really was, but felt that they weren't understanding it. And because they had already put me in that box Mm -hmm. that they had labeled me as. It's so weird that we, like, that's what happens as well. Because aren't we meant to be really like people focus yeah yeah, yeah. but so you you've got this entire your own subjective i guess pattern that that you are focused on a hundred percent of the time mm-hmm. and it must be really hard to detach from so you are people focused and this is the thing these people were always beautiful and mm-hmm. wonderful to me so i'd be like this isn't an exact example but i'll give you a kind of example of the mm-hmm. thing i'm talking about say i'm at a party with an infj and they're just like so sweet and lovely to me. And I'm like, oh my gosh, we're bonding. This is fantastic. Maybe I share a bit of my heart, which mm. for me is like, you know, I just like if I have a good day, it's because I've lived 100% authentically. Like yeah. as long as I'm, you know, so if I share at a party, a bit of my heart, it's a big deal. I do it quite often these days, let's be honest. <laughs> but like in every interaction, it's some of my heart really. But, and then they're so nice to me and I think, okay, we're, we're bonding. And then later I find out that they actually think this about me, which is something so different. Mm-hmm. But on the surface, it's appeared that so they... So bad. <laughs> it's so true. <laughs> I do this so much with people. Uh, I so could literally hate someone and then to their face, I'm like, have a great day. Oh, goodness. Yeah. And I hate that about myself, but oh, I do look. it. I, I do mean, it. you are, look... I mean, look, we, we, we can't control the thoughts that come into our minds. It's our actions that count. So if you're, you know, being yeah. nice to someone and saying, have a great day, that's great. That's spreading charity, right? But I guess when I thought it's not just have a nice day kind of stuff. It's like we've connected at a party mm. in like a 10 to 15 minute have conversation. You actually I know that's the thing. I think I've connected to the person and then to them. But I've talked about this with other FA users as well, including my friend Laith. If you guys are interested in listening to that podcast, he was on an episode. He's an ENFJ. And he was like, yeah, well, I, I, you know, I'm really friendly and wonderful and mm. lovely to people. That doesn't mean I'm going to be their best friend. Like I might go away and never talk to them again, but it's yeah. no, it's not me being inauthentic because in that moment, I really did like the most important thing Mm. was to affirm them and be nice to them. So it's not in authenticity. It's not fakeness from like an F.E. Dom's perspective. Mm. That's them just loving. That's how they know how to be. That's how they want to be. But it's in such a detached way that it doesn't mean that they're making a long-term friendship with the person in their head. But then if I think I've bonded nicely with the person, I'm like, we shared something special. They have a part of my heart. And then I hear that they actually, you know, think this thing about me. And then I'm just like, well, I much rather would have preferred that you were just like cordial to me then rather than being so invested in that conversation and like making me think we were connecting. Anyway, that's that's pro- that might not be an INFJ yeah. thing, but I, I, I just the question that comes from there is like this. I, I guess this vision or this idea idea that you have of something because one person in particular months later this person said to me, 
Kristen, well, like I've really enjoyed getting to know you. I must admit, I thought this about you for a really long time, but mm. I was wrong. And I was like, yeah, I've been trying to show you the whole time who I am. And it was great mm. that they acknowledged that they were wrong, but I just couldn't understand how they held, they were so attached mm. to that for so long. Yeah, definitely. I was just thinking of an example that I've had of this. So a friend that I've got um, from uni, when I first met her at uni, I thought... I don't know, again, what sense data I was using to come to this conclusion, but I was like, she's a snob. <laughs> she's a straight up snob. Oh, wow. And it turns out she wasn't. Um, once I got to know her, she was actually quite nice. But that was like the label I put straight away before I actually had a conversation with her. Again, that was a time that I was wrong. I mean, I probably wasn't totally wrong. We, I still like her, but like, you know. That's a little bit wrong, but I think I, I think I do this all the time and I also do it, do I do it too abruptly? Possibly. Yes. I think to give an example without going deep into it, because it might implicate someone that we know. Okay. <laughs> She's doing unpacking hands right now. <laughs> <laughs> Don't want to implicate anyone, but within a certain friendship group, there was a person that we decided... We weren't sure about including, and I, from the get-go, was like, everyone, she doesn't want to be our friend. Guys, stop. I don't know why you're trying to flog a dead horse here. I think from the beginning, you guys were all so lovely and, like, trying to be her friend and trying to be nice. I was like, you guys are idiots. And I knew that she wasn't going to be hanging around. I knew whatever she was doing was a very temporary thing. Yeah, I just knew. Yeah, that does sound like a situation of the thing that I'm talking about, of you just intuitively knowing things Yeah, that other people don't. So you are very interested in self-development and growth, correct? I am, yeah. Yeah. So as an INFJ, what have been the most important things mm. for you to keep in mind with your knowing your cognitive functions and what you use to get a good balance on your perceived perceptions of the world, judgments of the world and your blind spots. Yeah. I actually enjoy a bit of journaling. Um, so I do that probably daily just to write down things. I think feelings in the moment. Mm. I don't know how that actually helps me as an INFJ. Yeah, I'm actually not sure how that would help. Tell me because <laughs> I feel like I don't even know myself. Well, I, I feel like you would probably need... It's very interesting because I... Naturally, I immediately think of another question. This is something that I don't... Under, like, I just long to understand as mm. an FI user. Because I, I know who I am. Yeah. Because of me and not really other people. Like, they've had an effect on that. But do you... They have had an effect... People mm. have had an effect on who I am. But my sense of identity is something so personal and detached from anyone else. But I imagine as an FE user... That would be slightly different. How did you even find your identity? Did you need others to work out who you were? Yeah, I think I've always had trouble. I think because that want of always continually wanting to go deep and deep and figure out who I am, I don't think I'll ever be settled on a particular, yes, this is who I am. Maybe not until I die. I don't know. (laughs) I just don't think that I ever will have a 100% sense of who I am. And Mm. I don't know if that is because... Yeah, the why constantly, you know, questioning why do I do this? Why do I act like that? Do you know who you are? Um, God, like it's you know what I said to you. You're like I don't 
understand INFJs and I'm like I don't understand myself (laughs) I just don't not that I'm I miss I don't I don't think I'm totally misunderstood but I think that maybe I'm a bit of like you know those characters that sit by the window and it's raining and they're like looking out pondering Mm. life I feel like that constantly like I feel like I've constantly got something to think about Mm. or ponder about like about who I am Watch my representation of INFJs change to just all of them sitting in the window looking out with rain. (laughs) (laughs) Then the INFJs will get mad and I'll be like, see this podcast I have Yeah. I mean, I don't want to speak for every INFJ. People might listen to this and be like, that's not an INFJ. And sometimes I think that too. Yeah. Am I really an INFJ? No. Well, that's classic. But also I mean, like I've, I've, I've said before, I have a lot of comments from INFJs particularly saying this is not what we're like more than any other type. And I'm like, well, this is probably because you, you just see nuance. You see the mm. why, you see the nuance behind every situation just naturally. And to summarize an entire personality as they see it to like just one moment or one line in one of my skits yeah. would be annoying because I'm missing so much nuance in just a line of a yeah. skit. Yeah. I mean, the teacher one is a You're good holding onto it. I can see in your eyes. I can I'll see never in forget. your eyes. <laughs> yeah. Oh, goodness. Um... Yeah, but journaling can confirm something that's very helpful. Mm. Um, What about in terms of, I guess, maybe the, I don't want to say vices, Mm -hmm. but like weaknesses that come with maybe FE. So things like people pleasing. Yeah, Yeah. I was actually thinking about this. So I can confirm that I know that I tend to people please, but then I was thinking about why I've got, I mean, not that everyone knows who I am, but Kristen knows. I have another part of my personality where it's like I can be very harsh and abrupt and I can be I mean not overly abrupt but I can you know I don't use the fight either like I'm not aggressive but I can fight if I need to Mm. and I was wondering why that is with some people I feel like I can I don't need to people please and I think it must be because I've made a judgment about a particular person and if I made a judgment like I don't like you or that's a really bad thing to say you're not a good person or xyz i don't feel like i have to people please mm. those particular people yeah yeah because it's like with effie it's like we are all parts of the puzzle that and the the whole puzzle is a society made up of individuals yeah. who need to be a community and work together to make the world a better place right so if one person is disrupting that yeah. community then in i guess in your mind it'd be completely fine to shut them out. Yeah, yeah 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 or be really blunt to them you're hurting the community right now yeah um that makes complete sense yeah because because that's really hard. i'm very conflict diverse i don't i don't really stand mm. up to anyone unless i'm super super comfortable and even then it's just more of a te tone than actually getting like mad at them because i'm just like well i'm living in my little world you're living in your little world i don't want to disrupt your little world i don't understand what you're going through like you do you i do me we're fine whereas yeah. i feel with the fe doms or auxiliary users that i know in my life it's very much like no this is what's right and what's just yeah yeah, yeah definitely i think i do that a fair bit so if like, i know someone i mean maybe in work context um there's this person who ended up getting the manager job above me and because I read into so much stuff and pick up clearly pick up on things that others don't I knew that when she was working Alex still under me she wasn't doing anything like I knew this 
Like I was well aware she wasn't doing her job and it used to frustrate me to no end. Mm-hmm. And then she'd lie about stuff she did. And then I knew that she was lying because it'd be stuff that I was in charge of. Anyway, she got the manager job and I said to them, you know, I expressed to them, I don't think you're making the right choice because she does X, Y, Z. They're like, no, she's great. She's great. Guess who's now gone and fired. <laughs> wow. Yeah, exactly. And it's because they can't, they can't see that. And when I was like, well, why can't you see that? It's so obvious to me. Wow. But it's not obvious to everyone else. And just to clarify, it's a intuition that tells you that. Yeah. Well, there's some pretty obvious sense data. <laughs> also, because she wasn't doing the work. Yeah. But also her as a person, I just knew there was just something not right. I think it was continually stuff that I was picking up on. Wow. Yeah. And, you know, and it turns out, I mean, I won't disclose what exactly why she was fired, but it's a pretty bad thing. To, oh, wow. Yeah. Okay. So it's pretty, yeah, pretty bad. Interesting. Yeah. So would you say that you understand others well? I feel like I understand other people better than I understand myself. Yeah, I was going to say, like, yeah, yeah what, what I was going to follow with. Which like, sounds so ridiculous. Yeah. It sounds really dumb to say that, but I think that I can pick up on people very quickly. And then understanding myself is weird because I think, not to like quote Shrek, but I feel like I've got layers. <laughs> yeah, that's not an exclusively Shrek quote, right? Sorry, Amy, if you're listening. <laughs> Onions have layers. I feel like there's lots of layers that I continue to peel back. And I think the more I've done therapy, actually, is the more I the more I'm understanding the layers. Mm. And also, every time you go through a new part in your life, I feel like you're uncovering more of who you are. Oh, Getting absolutely. very deep. But I feel like I'm still uncovering who I am as a mother. Like, I don't mm. know myself as a mother quite yet. Yeah, yeah. No, of course. Yeah. You'll probably be learning that for years. Yeah. Yeah, that makes complete sense. It's interesting because I did a, I did a survey recently asking the types of... Oh, I did a, I did an INFJ specific poll where I was like, how can your loved ones help you to feel loved? And the most common answer was sit down and listen to me talk about my deep feelings mm-hmm. for the sake of understanding me. Yeah. Not just listening to listen, to tick a box, but to understand. Like they just want to be understood was the vibe I got. Yeah. And I wonder if they mm-hmm. place so much emphasis on being understood because they don't understand themselves. I mean, I don't want to speak for everyone, but... Yeah, possibly. Yeah, we're being, we're being yeah. general right we're now. We're being very general. Yeah. <laughs> I think possibly, yeah. And I think that is actually what made being a teenager so hard because I think those are the years that you are trying to figure out who you are. And I think as an INFJ, as a teenager, it's just messed up. Like you can't – I think there was it was really hard for me to figure out who I was for so many years and probably only maybe in the last three years I feel like I've mm. started – yeah, yeah. Yeah. And I'm obviously way out of my teenage wow. years. Yeah. That's amazing. And in terms of lol, just to go back to the question yeah. that we didn't finish answering, in terms of our friendship, yeah. I've always felt like very loved and understood by you and you've literally always been sweet. I don't think we've ever crossed we've no. never had a fight. You've just been no. it's just a, a blessing. Is that because you have always sensed that I have like good intentions or like what is it? Cause I feel like, I feel like with, I feel like with like the fact that we've had such a great friendship, 
Because I feel like with INFJs, just from what you're saying, and this is me as, as much trying to yeah. ask you, but also me trying to understand yeah. INFJs. I feel like they, they can be the type of people, I guess, generally speaking, where like once you hurt them, that's it. Yes. <laughs> like your trust well, is lost. What doesn't James talk about the INFJ door slam? Oh, thing? yeah. Yes, yeah, yes. Yeah. I've done my research. Oh, uh, yeah. There we go. Um, <laughs> so, but we, yeah. you've always just been by my side, even though I felt like you've, because you've seen me since I was 12, like you've seen my worst sides, I think. Hmm. But still, you've kind of stuck around. Yeah. I must like you then. <laughs> <laughs> that must be the reason. Um, he asked, is the question... Just why, like, why? Like, why, why do I like you? Like, me, but also like... like why have I stuck around? Yeah, but yeah. also like, what do you... Yeah, like maybe us specifically yeah. first. I think specifically for us. I don't think you've ever given me a reason not to doubt you. Mm. Whereas I think there have been other people in my life that have planted a seed of doubt. I think you're just very authentic and I've never had to question our relationship. I've never had to question ulterior motives because maybe as a ESFP, ooh, I oh, remember. Yeah. Um, like you said, you see everything for surface level and nothing is like under, yeah. under the surface. Like it's kind of like who you are mm. is who you are. And like what you're thinking is on the surface. And I haven't had to worry. Mm. Maybe that is, I haven't had to worry and wonder why so much. Yeah. You. Yeah. That's great. And I, when you say that, I feel very understood because mm. I feel like I've only ever been authentic in our, like mm. in our friendship, but also a lot of my friendships. And sometimes I can feel misunderstood for that when people think I have subtext and I really don't. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Maybe that's it. I'm like, I, Maybe I worked out, not that you'd have no depth. I'm not saying that, I'm not saying that you don't have depth. Maybe I worked out that you were an airhead. There's no, there's no, like, there's nothing else that I have to dig deeper on. Yeah. Yeah. Because I, if I am the kind of person where if something's bothering me, I'll bring it to the surface. Yeah. If I'm going through something, I'll bring it to the surface. Yeah. Whereas yeah. I will never do that. As you <laughs> yeah. know. Yes. Yes. I, yeah. The amount of times I found out years later that, that I went like, through something. This X, Y, Z. Yeah. 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 Mm. yeah. Classic. What about in general? Like, what do you value in friendships? What do you search for in people? I think what I value in friendships is, I think honesty is a very big one for me because I don't like lies. But also I think I pick up on lies pretty easy. There needs to be humor. And I think there also needs to be the ability to go deep with Mm. with people, which is Probably doesn't make any sense if you know who my husband is, because <laughs> not that he's not deep, but he actually he's just not deep. Yeah, <laughs> I think if, so. <laughs> just <laughs> sounds bad. Okay, I get those kind of deep conversations with my friends, and I think for a romantic partner, I think I would get exhausted if I mm. had someone who's always constantly if i had another person just like me very deep mm. in their head constantly i think i would i would actually hate it yeah 100 percent. yeah it's like yeah and it's very interesting because your husband is an istp and his second function is extroverted sensing or se which is your inferior function mm. and the theory one of the theories of myers briggs is that your fourth function is your aspirational function so it's the thing yeah. that you want to be better at it's the thing that you long like you're, oh, you I said, didn't know that. Well, you said yeah. earlier that you're often in your head. So yeah. the theory is that bottom SE users really want to be drawn out, out of their head to just exist without yeah. overthinking for a little bit and just exist in the present moment. And 
so for your husband, the fact that you're drawn to that and then you can come home to a space Mm -hmm. where you know you're not being overanalyzed, you know what you see is what you get and you can just relax and be present that is why you're drawn to him does that yeah that does make a lot of sense yeah I don't have to worry about going deeper into the why yeah that does make sense actually yeah and it's so fascinating because my boyfriend is an ENTJ and I always thought you know in the abstract that I should be with someone who's equally as emotional as I because I want to be understood or whatever Mm. but I know I have the ability to absolutely dwell in my emotions like I Mm. can spend 48 hours just indulgently dwelling in stewing in my emotions and it can be really unhealthy and what I found in my current relationship is that when I have an emotion you know I've I've had to go through some communication to like flag with my boyfriend you know uh oh when I'm feeling an emotion it'd be great if we could sit down and talk and um and you could validate it and I've had to sort Can you of- imagine if I had to ask my ISTP husband <laughs> Same. Bless yeah. him. No. Um, well, it's obviously worked well and I'd love to, yeah. I'd love to get back into that in, in just a second, but I've just been really interested. I've been fascinated at how much I've enjoyed not being with, being with someone who is a T because mm. it's like, I have the, the tendency to just dwell over dwell in my emotions. And he like comes to me, listens to them, validates me, you know, validates the emotion picks me up and then says, all right, now let's go do something or let's get out. And then I'm like, sweet. Now I'm encouraged to get out of this emotion instead of stewing in it. And he like really elevates me in my emotionality and like gives space for that. And he receives that and he acknowledges that I'm really emotionally mature and everything. So he validates it. But then he also doesn't, I just love that there's that balance, Mm. you know, it's like, oh, nice. I don't have to, I can forget my emotions for a little bit, you know? Yeah. So I wonder if that plays a role in compatibility somehow. Yeah, having like, is it kind of opposites? Well, yeah, it could be. It could be opposites could look very different. Like for me, as an emo- a super emotional person, this particularly works for me. Um, maybe for you, as someone who overthinks and you're in your head, you yeah, like enjoy the fact that your husband can bring you into the present moment. Yeah, I mean, there's there's things I love about it, and obviously things I don't. <laughs> but yeah, I think it is good. I like you said, I overthink. Um, a prime example of that is anything to do with our daughter. And I'm like, she'll get a temperature. I'm like, oh my God, is she sick? Do you think I should give her a Panadol? And he's like, no, nah, we'll just see how she goes. And I'm like, but if we don't give it to her now, yeah, what if she gets worse? Whereas he just doesn't, you know. He's obviously. just like, yeah, she'll be right. Like her she'll immune right. system will yeah. get boosted. He's just very, like you said, live in the moment. And it is good because it makes me probably freak out a little less. Mm. But sometimes it is hard to understand like how, how to do that. Mm, Absolutely. Yeah. What communication strategies do you have for anyone who might be in an ISTP, INFJ relationship? Mm -hmm. Because it it seems to work, have worked really well. Have you've been together for how many years? 10 years. 10 years. Yeah. A long time. Amazing. So communication, I mean, it's hard. It's hard. (laughs) like hmm <laughs> what do we do uh to be honest i find it very hard to figure out how we actually work as a couple sometimes because i probably go why why like what do we do what i think our communication is obviously wasn't always good and i realize now that's because we're so opposite 
So when I would want to get really deep in an argument, he will retract away because this is just not his nature. He doesn't like to argue. Whereas I'm like, I want to argue and get to the bottom of something. And I realize now that it's just never, it's just never going to happen. Mm. Like I want to argue and try to get a resolution. Whereas he needs to take time. And obviously, because one of his, his top functioning is, Di introverted thing. Yeah, he <laughs> needs to think. He needs to go off and be by himself, which I think is also like that's the third functioning for INFJ, right? Yeah, you literally have yeah. the same functions, just in a yeah. different order. Yeah. So I, even though I have that functioning, I still want to hash something out with him because I don't want to. I don't like leaving something unresolved. Mm. Whereas he needs to. He needs have the to. Time. He needs to have the time and that to brood. Yeah, and I just <laughs> never had. That's just never been something that I've wanted to do, but we've had to work that out. That's mm. a big thing. And now it's kind of like, okay, I, I get that now. I think for him, he, if I get very emotional, he is quite good at like being there for me physically, like cuddling and stuff like that. But if I was to talk about my emotions, he'd be like, hmm, hmm, yeah, okay. Like he just... <laughs> It's just not in his it's not in his wheelhouse to mm. to talk through that stuff. And then I realised that, you know, I actually don't know if I need someone to do that for me because I think I do that by myself pretty well. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. I feel like you're so good. Maybe one of the best people I know at like independent emotional regu- regulation. Yeah. From yeah. what I've seen of you. Yeah, I think I I mean Probably hasn't always been that way, but I have, yeah, I think I'm pretty good at sitting with my thoughts and processing them. And Mm. I don't know if that's an INFJ thing or if that's a a me thing. Mm. I think it's probably great that you're both introverts. Yes. Because you've got your own little worlds going on that you operate within. Absolutely. I mean, I think often in our friendship group, obviously, (laughs) everyone's like, I think everyone's partners are more extroverted, apart from like one. Mm. And... I just don't ever feel like I need to. This is really interesting because I know another friend of ours is kind of going through that new relationship of like wanting to take her partner everywhere, and he's also introverted. Mm. But I think for me, and oh, and then our other friend who also has an introverted husband, I never felt the need to drag Gus along to things because I don't know, like I get it. I'm like, God, I, I get exhausted mm. at these things, and mm. I sometimes can't see the mm. value of being social when. The, the chatter is so like mm. the surface level mm. so yeah I've never had to like felt the need like I've needed to drag I drag him along and maybe it's because I'm introverted and also understand that as well or if it's yeah, yeah I'm not sure what that is yeah I love that that just because again this is the compatibility thing a lot of people would say, oh, you know, a T's being with F's can be really hard, but it ultimately just comes to understanding. And you have such a good understanding of who Gus is as a person and what mm. he needs. And he seems to absolutely be the same view in that he gives you space. He gives you what he is able to his capacity mm. to give you in terms of your needs. Because it was interesting, the, the other poll that I did was ISTP is what makes you feel loved by your loved ones. Yeah. And the number one answer was just leave us to our own devices. Yeah. Just like leave us alone, basically. Yeah. Let <laughs> us do our thing. Yeah. When he came in the other day, that's exactly what he said to you. <laughs> yes. Yes. Classic. He came in the other day and Rebecca was like, what makes you feel loved? And he's like, something like leave me alone. Yeah, just leave me alone. <laughs> just leave me alone. I was like, yeah. that, that's just so true. Textbook but, answer. Yeah, but you guys have, you know, 10 years on and you've, you you know, you start, you've started a family now mm. and 
seems to be working and it seems like one of the key instruments was, you know, you understanding each other's, I guess, love languages for better or worse, yeah. for lack of a better term. So we have some questions from my subscribers. They've asked a few questions to you on um, the YouTube channel for the podcast. The first one is from Ben. He asks, I've always seen INFJs as a type who contradicts itself. On one hand, your high FE makes you more in tune with the group and you try to fit in more. But on the other hand, you are introverts. So naturally you would want to stand out and be your own individual. How do you deal with that contradiction? Um, I don't know if introverts try to stand out. <laughs> Sorry, Ben, not to dismiss you. <laughs> I, I think mean, that goes against everything they would want to do. Um, be your own individual. Oh, being like an individual. Well, yeah, yeah, I think that's... Sorry, I think I missed... Yeah, the in tune with the group and trying to fit in mm. whilst at the same time being an individual. It is hard because I think there is... Yeah, there is two different parts because I think in a way... I do like being part of a group, but then I also, yeah, I don't want to be confined by other people and the way they kind of do things, if that makes sense. Mm. I think, how do I, what was the question? How do I... Like, how do you deal with that? Well, this person mm. sees it as a contradiction. Maybe yes. you don't see it as a contradiction. Having your own individual individuality, but also... Hmm. How do I deal with it, that contradiction? I don't know if I deal with it, Ben. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think I think that there are different... Like, I think it depends on your circumstance. I think for me, for group settings, I like having... Actually, I like having both. And I think that comes back to that ambivert thing, right? Of being like an extroverted introvert. Mm. I like having the ability to be able to be in social settings without being like super awkward. I still think I'm slightly awkward in social settings, but probably not the most awkward. So I like being able to kind of fit in with that. But I also like that I am able to be by myself and, you know, take pleasure in being who I am by myself, doing things individually. Like I... I do like social outings. It depends on what kind of outing it is. It depends on how much notice I've been given. It depends on a lot of things. <laughs> but I like them. Mm. But I would say that my energy levels dip pretty quickly and then I need to be home. Like, I need to find time. I like having time to myself mm. quite a fair bit. And I don't know if that's all INFJs or if that's just me. Mm. I remember you saying once that, like, to stay out at a party, you need to be having some kind of DNM with someone yeah. and that there've been multiple times where you go to a party and you see it's just, yeah. just surface level stuff and you get drained so fast and you're like, I'm out of here. A hundred percent. I could, if, if I was at a party with someone that I could get really deep on like a particular topic, I could probably stay there all night with that person talking. But if it's just surface level, like, oh, how's your dog? Oh, how's work? Oh, that's so great. What is marketing? I'm not that I'm in marketing, but like, (laughs) you know, if I have to engage in that kind of conversation, literally kill me. Like I'd rather go home and sit at home and like think about my life choices. I don't know. (laughs) Not kill me. That's extreme. But like, I just, what about all night on a dance floor with loud music? I can do that. Okay. All night. Um, I need breaks. (laughs) 
Breaks. You and I have rocked a dance floor. Yeah, Our high school yeah. girl group. Has I mean, I need breaks where I'd probably go out and like mm. get into a deep conversation and then come back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We um and then bust out a just cracking rendition of "Bet on It." <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Like, I loved my wedding. I'm not gonna lie, I loved it, but I cannot stand talking to that many people about surface level stuff and because at weddings and when you're like the, the bride or groom you can't get deep on anything because you've got so many people to talk to mm. so that was both a great day but also a draining day because yeah. it's like hi oh my god you look so beautiful the thing so it's just like yeah. it's the same conversation i think mm. that's why I, I can't yeah i can't have the same conversation all the time mm. with people yeah 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 do you um do you relate to frank james's videos I was saying this before. I think that I haven't watched enough of his other stuff. Like, I've watched a lot of the INFJ ones and definitely I relate when he says, I think he went through, like, the 10 signs or 10 something about an INFJ. And I was like, yep, I definitely get that. And I think sometimes why, what makes me an INFJ is that I'm still like, why? Why am I an INFJ? What makes me the way I am? And maybe the interest in... Wanting to know more about that is what makes me an INFJ, mm. right? Yeah, well, I think that's why we have a lot of NI DOMs in the community. We have a lot of INTJs, INFJs, um, IN, and I, INFPs and INTPs. Mm. But yeah, I do think that we have a lot of INFJs because they really want to deep dive into the yeah. why, you know, the abstract why behind things. So they want to know everything like I... I have a friend who heard about Myers Briggs was fascinated by it, and then the next time I saw him, which had been like a week later, he'd already researched literally everything there was to research. He's like, I did the giant dive into it. What is he? INFJ. Classic. I would if I had the time. Yeah. (laughs) And I I have actually, like, I've got different Instagram accounts that I follow and TikToks that I follow based on, like, Mm. on, yeah. yeah. It's super Um, helpful. It is, yeah. On that, how have you found Myers Briggs to be helpful? Um... I think I found it helpful, like you said, to understand what makes me the way I am, particularly around, particularly around, I guess, like that judgment of people. Sometimes I wondered if it was just because I was a mean person that I would be quick to judge. Mm. But now it makes sense. It's just that ability to pick up on sense data (laughs) and, and, and make a judgment based on that. And I also wondered often why I'm such an overthinker. And it makes sense because I get to, I want to know the why of everything. And the people pleasing one is a big one. I often thought maybe it was like related to trauma, (laughs) which will be in another episode. (laughs) We've Um, decided we've been talking too long to cover the trauma this episode, but we'll get to it in another episode. Yeah. I often thought the people pleasing was part of that, but maybe it's part of, yeah, that F.E. This one's from Morgan. What types are the most common mistypes for INFJs and what in your opinion? Mm. What is your what is your opinion on why they're mistyping themselves? I don't know if I'm yeah, the one to answer that. <laughs> like, but I will weird, say I that know. I think more people probably think they are INFJs than they actually are because it's probably... Well, the test skews towards yes, it. Yeah. 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 Results yeah. In general. And like who wouldn't want to be because, you know... They're pretty amazing. <laughs> what quotes slash songs slash fictional characters are perfect examples of INFJs? Oh, we looked up a list. We did. The other day. Do, do any stand out to you? I think Jon Snow is one that stands out. Sure. And I think that makes sense, mm-hmm. right? Because he's very 
um, for the people, right? He's very, right? Yeah. Would you say he's... I watched Game of Thrones a mm. long time ago. Yeah. So I, I'm not really super au fait with his personality. But that checks out. That checks out, yeah. I feel like we found some other good ones. Um, not that you know this, but Michael Schofield from Prison Break. Oh, I think okay. that checks out. Yeah. He's a pretty smart guy. Yeah. Not that, like, to say we're all, like, super smart. Yeah. I think Zelda from The Legend of Zelda. I don't know that, but yes. <laughs> yes. Who else? Um, I said Mother Teresa, but you said she wasn't. I don't think she was. Yeah. yeah that's upsetting. Um, Lisa Simpson. Oh, yeah. 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 Makes what makes her an INFJ? I don't know because I never watched The Simpsons, but she's like commonly known to be an INFJ. Ah, uncultured. <laughs> <laughs> I was forbidden, okay? <laughs> That's so weird. Okay, Lisa Simpson. Um, oh, blah, 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 what's her face from Pride and Prejudice? Jane. Jane! Yeah, yeah. that makes sense. Yeah. Not Jane. Lizzie. Liz- Why did I say Jane? That's Because Jane Austen. Yeah. That's oh, Jane. No, Lizzie. Lizzie. Jane. Yeah, Lizzie. makes sense. How do INFJs perceive art? How they express their artistic creativity mm. and what most of the times is a mechanism behind their artistic process? That's a really long question. Let me ask <laughs> How do INFJs perceive art? art. Um, I love art. I mean, any, do you mean like art as in like painting on a wall art or like maybe in general? Any kind of artistic expression. I think, I think INFJs, I mean, I don't want to stereotype, but I think of myself as a pretty creative person. So I think there's like we must place a lot of value in being artistic. How do you express your artistic creativity? Me personally, I am a writer. I like to write a lot. And I think that is probably, again, part of me going deep. So I really like getting to characters and how they, um, what makes them tick. And that is probably an INFJ thing of like, what's the why behind it all? Mm. Because there's always, like, there's always... Not like the podcast name, but there's always subtext, right? Yeah. In, in books. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Absolutely. What is dangerous for INFJs? What thoughts, habits, and states of mind can show mm. that something is going the wrong path for an INFJ? Well, as a healthy INFJ, no, I'm sure I can, yeah. Um, what is unhealthy? I think the unhealthy thing is that, that, that fake world that we can build. I could build a whole city country world i think that is fake and i could just live there in my brain for a long time wow yeah i could i could make a whole storyline of what my life could have been like i've i often think like that i think you know if i took this path um or if i went with this other person this other boyfriend or if i did this instead what my life would be like and i could imagine that whole life wow yeah and that's not that's like pretty toxic like you don't need to be thinking about what your life is like if you'd done something differently. Yeah, but I could, yeah, I can definitely craft a whole, I could make like a feature film of all the different lives I could have lived. Wow. Yeah. That's actually really, that's a real, that's really good nuance. That's a good point. Yeah. Um, that's good advice for INFJs to make sure they keep in. Yeah. Yeah. You don't, that. you don't need to go into depth about what could have been because the reality is it's gone and you can't mm. go back and live that life. It's so interesting because as a Dom SE, I'm literally like, that's the least relatable thing to me. Everything is like, it's already happened. It's finished. It's done. It's gone. I can't, for me to imagine what my life would have been like if I'd made this choice or hadn't made this choice, 
it's almost impossible mm. for me. I can see two, three weeks maybe ahead and that's about it. That's wild. I can often like live in my memories a fair bit too. Like wow. I could relive memories pretty often. Goodness me. Yeah, it's wild. Which can... again, not helpful because you don't need to be stuck in the past. But yeah, I, I can relive memories pretty easily. No, that's amazing. Wow. There you go. Good nuance. So yeah, INFJs don't let that dark side come out <laughs> where you're living where in you're these living realities. In the life. Yeah. Um, INFJs are known to be social chameleons. Is it true for you? Are you a social chameleon? If so, it might be hard to recognize your own feelings and thoughts when in a group. Is it harder for you to recognize that you feel differently than the group around you or that you Mm. think differently? Yeah. Um, I think, yes, I am a social chameleon. Would you agree? Absolutely. Yeah. 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 Everyone likes you. You get along very easily with anyone. Everyone likes me. (laughs) Confidence boost. Um, I do, yeah, I do get easily affected by other people. Um, it also do, it actually would depend on the who the person is. If I have no connection to that person, probably less so. So if it's someone that I've decided to slam my metaphorical door on, then I wouldn't care. Um, but if it was something like you or like a good friend or a spouse, like I would get easily affected by their mood or their feelings. Yeah. Mm. Um, I don't think it sways the way I think, though. I think I have pretty... Yeah, I don't know if it, if it sways. I don't think I play into someone else's thoughts like that. I think my thoughts are very much my own. Is that part of the question? Yeah, that would yeah. be TI versus FE, what you yeah. just described. Your thoughts are very much your own, but yeah, your feelings depend on others around you. Yeah, yeah, that's... Hmm. Yeah, exactly it, I very think. Very fascinating. I mean, thoughts aren't necessarily always logical they can be emotional thoughts but anyway the yeah. essence is there benjamin another ben this Classic. is benjamin asked how does it feel to be the second best ni dom <laughs> hmm <laughs> second best let's, let's unpack, unpack that, that. <laughs> who's the first yeah he is who's that benjamin is yeah but That's like saying Who's You're like, the, who is he? Who's the who type? are you? <laughs> who are you? Why? Yeah, I'm sure he's, what's, I'm what's sure the he's INFJ or INTJ. What is it like to be the second best? It's pretty amazing. I will say that. <laughs> I think being being up there is both amazing and terrible at the same time. This was a joke question. Oh, I hope you're aware. I'm really yeah. getting to it. <laughs> oh, thanks, Benjamin. <laughs> Wow, that was a real INFJ coming out there. You said, real question, how does your NIFE work for you? I think we've already talked about that. Um, This one's from John. What do you feel and think most deeply about? Johnny boy. (laughs) (laughs) What do I... It's like asking how... how, Why is the sky blue? (laughs) Well, actually, no, it's not. No, it's not. It's one answer. It's just one answer. asking... I don't know. I can't think of an analogy there. It's like... What do I think most deeply? This hurts my brain. It's like asking how many grains of sand are there on the beach. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. What do I think most deeply about? I think I can can think deeply about a piece of chewing gum. Let's be... Oh, my word. I can think about anything deeply. Wow. That's probably extreme. That's extreme. I don't even know if I can answer that. Yeah, it's too big a question, I think. I'm probably going to think about Johnny Boy very deeply now. That's uh, Like, why are you asking that, Johnny, Johnny Boy has Boy. also asked, Yeah. 
How would you describe your heart? <laughs> I would love to know John's heart. <laughs> How would I describe my heart? Like physically or not physically. We all know what a heart looks yeah, like. Yeah, but like in my heart. My heart. This sent me into a spin. Lol. Sorry. As an FI user, I would know how to answer this immediately. <laughs> Why am I so <laughs> caught up about figuring it out then? Because it's like, the question is literally, how do you describe the vessel that is responsible for your emotions? <laughs> and it's like, how do you explain? How do you explain your emotion, your personal emotions and like your emotional core, your emotional identity? I find that so hard because my mind is just like going so many different directions. My heart. I think that it has been broken and shattered many times. <laughs> sorry, Not to get to deep. Laugh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> laughing. I'm sorry to get deep. <laughs> Broken and shattered many times, and I would say that it has been re-pieced together. Like you said, resilience, perseverance, I think that really describes who I am to my core. Mm. Yeah. I think that's a good answer. Thank you. That was really hard. I'm going to probably think about that all night now. Yeah. You'll be like, can you bring the microphone back and we'll say it again? What helps you keep a positive outlook and remain strong? This is also Mm. Johnny Boy. Johnny Boy is hitting me with the hard stuff. Positive outlook. I do a lot of self-care. Um, I think it's very important. I do, well, not at the moment because I haven't been able to do it with my child, but usually do lots of yoga. I don't know if that's – I think that's actually – to circle back to one of the questions you asked earlier about how I get out of my head. That is actually one way I get out of my head because it does really require you to have a body – like a focus on the present and the like the body focus. Mm-hmm. So I do lots of yoga. I do lots of reading. It's a lot of individual stuff, but I also just like spending time with my family. Mm. Small, small amounts of time with my extended family, but you know, with my husband and my daughter, having those moments is quite nice. Yeah, love that. We're definitely not going to get into the essence yeah. of this at the moment, yeah. but I'm just laughing that this is one of the yeah. questions. INFJ. Do you think that the body keeps the score is worth reading? Oh, stop it. <laughs> stop. That is not one of the questions. It is one of the questions. A hundred percent. Someone's been stalking me. No, it's just because I put in one of my videos an INFJ reading that book. So they're asking, is it actually worth reading? And the funny story is Rebecca was the one who introduced <laughs> yeah. me to that book. That's <laughs> a full circle moment. hundred percent full circle. hundred um, percent. That is definitely, I mean, in the... I could go into a lot of depth. Yeah. The the short story is yes, but also be aware that it is quite heavy on um, details around the brain. Like you really need to want to know about that stuff. You really do need yeah, to Yeah, it's to. a very – I think it is a niche thing. You need to want so to niche. understand how your brain functions the way it does. It's like terminology central and just – Yeah, I mean oh, fundamentally it's for, it's for psychologists, yeah. you know. That's mm-hmm. what it's for. It's for their education. But if you're an INFJ and you want to know the why, oh, perfect. Yeah, 100%. <laughs> perfect of like if you want to know why your brain functions the way it does after mm. trauma, amazing. You'll love it. 100%. And I haven't even got through the whole thing. It's just that dense. And I have to keep going back to pages yeah. to, 
to understand things that I've forgotten about. Like when I read, I'm like, that's a gold nugget. And Mm -hmm. then I forget Mm -hmm. enough to go back. It's so much. It is worth reading if that interests you, but you have to really want to for sure. What's the one thing that convinces you you're an INFJ? I bounce between all the IJ types. I'd love to know what makes them certain. Hmm. It's the why. (laughs) It is probably the why. And I will still say that I'm still never certain. I still often ask Kristen most times that I see her if I'm actually, you know, are you sure? Um, It is the why. It's wanting to get to know things. I think the more I know more about INFJs and like that ability, the the NI um, is probably the biggest one for me, I think, is how I know what, how I know that I am. Um, Just the ability to pick up on things that others don't. Does engaging with your inferior SE help when you're feeling down? We talked about this earlier. And um, you said something like about going for a walk. Yeah, like for example, going for a walk. No, I hate walking. Yeah, you were like, I couldn't just spontaneously go for a walk. It would need to be planned. No, I want to play it. I'm not just going to go out my door. Like what if it starts raining? Like what if it's too hot? Like no. Mm. But say it is planned. Does that help to like get out of your head? No, I I think I I think that's more of a personal preference of what I like to do. So I would probably do yoga over going for a walk to get out of my head. Okay, so the answer is that yes, in like mm. you do like to engage your inferior SE but when you're feeling down. Again, that is not. I don't think that's me engaging in because I would book the yoga class for the time. Like I don't know if that's no, but the, but SE is not just spontaneous. Okay, it's, it's engagement. It's just it's. Getting out of the head and being only engaged in the body and well, the, yeah, I think in I, the moment yeah, way. Yeah, I mean, I also do lots of like exercise. So yeah, yeah, I think mm. so. But it would, it would depend on the type of activity. Like I said, not a fan of walking. I don't like doing thing aimless. <laughs> it's the told you the train. It has a mind of its own. It's a train in the background. What I was going to say, but yeah. I don't like walking. A, I don't feel like walking is a. It feels like no achievement when I walk. I don't like just walking nowhere. Yeah, you yeah. don't. You like to have an outcome. Yeah. This is Maria. What is your dearest NI dream and the SE obstacle that doesn't let it become accomplished? Oh, Maria, Maria. <laughs> um, definitely wanting to be a proper writer and having my book published. It was one of the. It was part of the question why it's not fulfilled. <laughs> <laughs> what did you ask? <laughs> Do you want me to read the question again? <laughs> what is your dearest NI dream and the SE obstacle that doesn't let it become accomplished? Oh, the SE obstacle that doesn't let it become accomplished is probably purely the fact that I overthink it and then I think that the manuscript that I've made is not going to be good enough so that I just won't put it out there. Mm. Yeah, I'm like not willing to just be like, oh, I'll just, I'll, I'll just get it published. I'm just like, no, I've got to spend more time on it. Yeah, I can always make it better. The Meanwhile, more time I've been writing this book for like five plus years. Yeah, you've yeah. probably just got to release it. Just do it, yeah, classic SE. Just do it. And I'm like, no, I've got, to, I've got to do this and this. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, we'll do a couple more. Cosmic Lighting asks... What greater purpose does showing up to this interview have for you? What greater purpose? Um, I mean, I can tick it off my bucket list that I've done a podcast. <laughs> Yay! Um, the other greater purpose, 
I mean, we've already talked a lot about at length about um INFJs and functioning. So I don't know if it has a greater purpose because we've already done a lot of that. Mm. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think that's maybe just getting maybe to supporting the... your friend. Oh yeah, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> that's always nice. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it doesn't um... have a greater purpose. That's shocking. <laughs> okay, and then the last question I want to ask you is you've obviously done a lot of self-development and growth mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't know whether you can hear that in the background but it's just this train just choo-chooing so you've obviously done a lot of self-development and growth you yeah. are <laughs> why is it going off now <laughs> that's now going to be the background noise um you are one of the most resilient people I know. You've been through a lot. But one thing I admire about you is you've come through all of the hardships and there have been a lot of hardships as a, I feel like even more soft and empathic and knowing who you are and kind and compassionate person. And so what would be your advice for people going through hardship to make mm. sure that you're processing it well and coming out? Trying to get really serious. Yeah, I know. We're trying to get serious in the train. Um, and yeah, for people going through hardship and like mm. coming out of hardship, yeah. resilient rather than bitter. Mm. It is a hard one. I would say therapy is your best friend because I know yeah. a lot of people, I think less so now, but still around. I don't think a lot of people want to access therapy or that service because I don't know if there's a fear of like, if there's a shame behind it or an uncertainty but that is probably your number one coming out of hardship I've always found that it has worked for me the best yeah so therapy is definitely my number one I think the second one is actually and this actually came from therapy as well how <laughs> dare you grab the job this came from therapy as well um actually doing stuff like meditation journaling when I I mean we won't get into it deeply but when I went through depression, I did a lot of meditation and journaling and yoga and stuff. And I actually found as an INFJ that I needed to do that to get out of my head. Because you can imagine being an INFJ and then having depression. It's a bleak, it's a bleak landscape to stay in. Mm. Um, especially if that's where you spend a lot of your time. Yeah. Um, so I did a lot of that, a lot of creating a mind-body connection. Because I think that's actually really important. I don't think it's something that it will come naturally to everyone, but I actually think it's one of the, the one of the best healing tools that I've had. Amazing. Yeah. Mm. Very cool. Yeah. Well, I hope that you all learned something today about INFJs or the ESFP ISFJ sorry. <laughs> ESFP INFJ relationship or the INFJ ISTP relationship. Mm-hmm. Or maybe it was just nice to sit down and listen to two friends chat. So, um, Rebecca, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Rebecca will be back, I'm sure, because we were going to talk about other things today that we classically didn't get to because, and I. (laughs) Classic. (laughs) Classic. Anyway, thanks for listening, guys. Thanks to all those who submitted questions, and we will catch you next time. Bye. Bye. Bye.